The last 20 years have seen an explosion of cool tech, shiny digital apps, and progressive business models, but not all have migrated successfully to traditional banking. Have we lingered too long in the glittering halls of cutting edge? Have we forgotten the real goals of reliable, trustworthy, and functional banking? Is it time to find the real magic in building a bank that works? Welcome to Functional Banking Magic, a podcast that aims to tell the stories of the magic in a bank that works. Functional Banking Magic was always about finding the spark, the inspiration, and the practical realities around delivering innovation in financial services. Many of those conversations revolve around people, collaboration, and partnerships. Whether a bank is partnering with a small seed stage fintech startup or a global tech enterprise, relationships work because of the people involved. Because of this, we here at the Banker Podcast will be showcasing several shorter functional banking magic episodes focused on the partnerships and relationships that develop between a bank and a tech company. To start us off here is an episode where I sit down with TSB Bank in the UK and IBM, and we talk about startup culture, teamwork, and gathering your tribe. I am, as always, Liz Lumley, the deputy editor of The Banker. And today we were looking at finding your tribe. The work of innovation can be so much sweeter when you're working with those who get you. Uh, but when can tribes be a benefit and when can it be gatekeeping? So we're going to talk all about partnerships, working together, and innovation culture at banks. And I have two wonderful guests here with me today, uh, Prashant Jodia. I do apologize if I butchered your name, uh, from IBM, and uh, Mike Gamble uh, from TSB Bank. Hello, both of you. Thank you so much. Do you want a brief introduction to tell us a little bit about yourselves and the audience? Mike, why don't I start with you? Yeah, so my name's Mike Gamble. So as you say, I work at TSB. I've been at TSB just over three and a half years. So I've got two parts to my job. I head up the analysis and design function within TSB, so that's for all projects. But the uh, the area that I'm most passionate about is our uh, development of our digital channels. So I own the digital channels for TSB. Uh, and that's where I have my biggest kind of uh, crossover and work in relationship with IBM. Lovely. Prashant, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, um, my name is Prashant Jijodia mm-hmm. and I lead the financial services sector for IBM Consulting in the UK and Ireland. Mm-hmm. I have the privilege of, uh, in my role, working with most of the large banks and insurance companies like, you know, TSB here in their digital transformation journey. I've been working in financial services all my life, started with uh, digitizing the Calcutta Stock Exchange in the mid-90s, and then worked with City in Asia and in and, and Europe, and moving on to IBM. Wonderful. So we're going to start with like a bit of a, a provocative question. I mean, I've worked a lot with startups, and you see this narrative inside banks, this idea of kind of you know, the innovator is, is this one-man band, or they're the rebel fighting against, um, you know, a, a legacy or an incumbent bank. And, you know, TSB and IBM have, have a partnership together. But what, why do you think this narrative of it's, it's the rebels, it's the, the, the solo person that really leads innovation, why is this so kind of prevalent? So, I don't know, you, you kind of smiled a bit. I'm going to start, start with you for a comment on that. Person. Yeah, it's a... Uh, I mean, we're all attracted to the David versus Goliath mm-hmm. story of an underdog and, and the startup uh, one-man band trying, tends to evoke that picture. But from a business perspective, uh, why startups matter, what startups bring is innovation, uh, you know, agility and, and ability to, you know, completely transform customer experience. And, and what we do at IBM is we work with large companies like TSB 
and help them behave like startups, right? You know, help mm. them adopt those innovations of a startup. So, like for example, our partnership with TSB is has been where we have helped TSB completely transform their customer experience in the last twenty four months, uh, and uh, you know, drive a lot of innovation, uh, use a lot of innovation, which, whether it's in AI, whether it is in digital, to to help TSB's customers. Mm-hmm. So, what, what what do you think about that? that this narrative of the rebel fighting against. I, I I get it, and I think it's more about the end game of the shiny thing that everybody can see. I think sometimes in big business, and particularly in retail banking, having been in retail banking all my life across four different organisations, sometimes the the customers do not see the work in the background and the the legacy that and the, and the customer base we have to bring with us. But like, I I think it's positive. It, it, it shakes us up and it, it makes us think differently. And uh, and innovation isn't always just technology. It's, it's how we deliver customer service. And, uh, and where we're lucky at TSB, we're, we're kind of of that mid-size where we can be a little bit agitating as well. And, you know, a good example of what we've done recently is our fraud refund guarantee as an example. So we're the only bank still in the UK that guarantee we will pay out if you're hit by fraud. And, um, you know, it's interesting to see how the other banks react to that and uh, uh, the halls of government. But, um, you know, if I think about from a technology perspective, it's great. It gives you something you can then go and talk to your CEO and your your ex-co about and say, look at this shiny thing over here. We can do something very similar for our customers or we can cut and paste it or we can say that's okay, but we think we can do even better. So I I think it's a good way of actually driving that kind of creative thinking from within. Mm. But I mean, in terms, I'll stay with you. I mean, when you're talking about innovation or the shiny thing, it is something new. Yeah. You know, it's something new that maybe people aren't used to. So when you're embarking on an innovation project, putting together a team or bringing in a partner from the outside, how important is it that the, the people involved kind of get it or get each other? Yeah. I mean, that's a, a brilliant question. And, and for me, Look, I've worked with IBM before, you know, cards on the table, Prashant and I kind of crossed paths when we was at, I was at Barclays. And when I, um, when we bought the development in back in-house in, in TSB and partnered up with IBM, the very first thing we had to do, and, and, and I remember going to South Bank, was let's just spend time talking about where does TSB want to go? Let's talk about the TSB customer base. Because look, you can get five people in a room that all work for retail banks and their customer bases will be completely different. So the first thing I did at uh, South Bank with the team was explain to them what our customer base is like and our heritage and where we've come from and where we want to go to. And and for me, it's all about if any one of the team, whether they're IBM, TSB, if they're UK based, India, the developer, they're a tester, whatever they may be, if they get caught in the lift for 30 seconds with you or my CEO, whoever it may be, and they say, why are you building that? And they know exactly why from a customer perspective. So if you're that person that's, you know, we're in the middle of a big, big couple of big uh, developments now, which I'm sure we'll get onto, but some of the people are working um, late nights, you know, we're getting stuff through testing. And in that kind of dark moment when you're trying to get that last bit of code working into SIT before you can go into UAT or whatever it may be, if you know the reason why you're doing it and you can put it into context and you can see the bigger picture, it's much more beneficial to everybody. So we're all on the same page. And it also means that we don't have to worry about that translation layer between different organizations. And I'm not saying that IBM do everything we ask them to do. Part of that relationship is that check and challenge. It's that kind of, are we doing the right thing? Is there a smarter way of doing this? And we very much focus as well on MVP. So, you know, we don't want to build the whole solution in one go because we have to bring customers with us as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, how, how does that work from the IBM perspective? Is it, you know, in just coming in as a partner, coming in as a consultant, but how much is there a part of that 
working with that culture and, and working to build teams that kind of can can sit in an elevator and say, this is what we're doing and why? It, it's absolutely, as Mike said, about you know understanding the purpose. Mm -hmm. And in our business, the most important purpose is my customer's customer. So like Mike said, you know, uh, he's, he sat down and explained to our team what is the end customer's objective. And, and in our case, we ramped up a team of 250 people in a very short period for, for TSB. This was a COVID team. You know, the team was ramped up in, in the beginning of 2020. And, you know, they didn't meet each other for two years. Now, in a pandemic, uh, it was very. It was easier to to relate to the customer's purpose because you know people are not having access to banking services. Mike came to us and said, "Look, you know when the lockdown happened, then you know uh, the contact centers are closing down. We need to find an alternate channel." And we came together and said, "Okay, look, in five days we can launch a you know conversational channel where customers can you know contact us." And and this is where the the IBM team can see the impact of what they are doing fairly immediately right and and then it starts you know bringing teams together that when you can see the impact of what you are doing with your customer's customer that gives a bigger purpose and you can drive innovation i wanted to stay with you on a point you made when you you know you mentioned covid i mean we've all the globe has been through this global pandemic for the past few years and something that gets said a lot is innovation has been accelerated because of it so i mean going from like your experience working with lots of large organizations working with banks I mean, was it easier to accelerate that those digital teams because of the pandemic? Or, I mean, what was your, did you notice a, a quicker response, a, a more gelling, a cohesive kind of uh, movement forward? I, I would say there has been a significant acceleration on digital transformation in the last two years, uh, you know, because uh, the pandemic has forced us to, you know, you know think out of the box. Uh, the example of of the of the conversation AI channel. If if we had planned it before COVID, and Mike and me, we tried to plan it, you know, do that in our in our previous engagement, and it took you know it took us you know a good part of eighteen to twenty four months. Whereas in a COVID kind of pandemic, we could make that decision, you know, put that thing in place in 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 you know seven to ten days, right? So that's the pace of change. The pace of change has significantly accelerated. So so eighteen to twenty four months. Seven to eight days. That's a that's a massive change. <laughs> it is, I mean, of course, it's you know everything didn't happen in seven to eight, ten days. Mm -hmm. But in seven to ten days, we could introduce the technology, mm -hmm. which erstwhile would have at least you know taken us you know uh, a good part of twelve months of debate and discussion and all that. So in seven to ten days, we introduced the technology. It was out there with the customers, and then we built on top of it. Yeah, I, th I think timing was interesting as well. It wasn't like we met the first day we all went into lockdown. You know, I, I talk about that session in South Bank. That was obviously before I could even spell COVID, let alone know what it was. And so when it did happen, and then you pick up the phone and you go onto a Teams chat or whatever it may be, you're engaging with people that kind of get you and know that our customer base, you know, we've got five and a half million customers, three and a, three and a half million active and close to two million now uh, are using our digital channels every day. And they, they account for a high percentage of our transactional volumes. So I didn't have to explain all of this to IBM. And therefore, it's when we talk about conversational banking, we'd already been talking about it for a couple of months, and it was something that was a firm part of our strategy. But then it was about how can we move quickly on this? And it wasn't for me to explain to IBM, well, here's the type of customers, here's the personas, and here's kind of the use cases. They knew it, they got it. 
And, you know, we literally got in the room on the Thursday, stood the project up by lunchtime and the following Wednesday it was live. And then you watched it grow because we had to add more conversations into it and teach the tool and see customers' reaction. And, and looked, I know IBM are with me today. It wasn't just IBM we did that with. We did it with Adobe as well. Um, we launched a full suite of digital forms, including being able to electronically ID and V customers to do everything that customers needed in the pandemic that we didn't need before, whether it's taking payment holidays on their loans or bounce back loans or whatever it may be. And we were one of the first banks in the UK to offer all that as a complete end-to-end -end digital service. But I think that was the key part. We weren't starting with a blank piece of paper. You know, you were talking to somebody that gets you and is familiar and we trusted each other and we mm -hmm. knew what we were doing. Interesting. I mean, but both, both of you have talked about, you know, this like, coming together and, you know, pushing forward with, with, with this project of which the pandemic was kind of one of those drivers that, that kind of aided the cohesion yeah. of the team. In both of your experiences in, in, in your career, have you ever seen, you know, a where it's been hard to build that innovation team, where there have been barriers, where it's just, you know, there there hasn't been that push, that drive? I think it's sometimes harder within an organization mm -hmm. when you, um, you know, when individuals have got their own siloed agenda for the right reasons and, and how you kind of break some of that down. And I think back to your first, you know, question around um, startups and innovators, they don't have all that baggage, so therefore a blank piece of paper and they haven't got a kind of um, historic customers or sales targets to hit or customer satisfaction targets to hit across the piece. So I think sometimes it's tougher internally, but look, when, when we stood this team up, it's for a common purpose and therefore you know, it worked really well. But where I've seen it not work so well is where you know, you're, you're building a solution for the customer and one group are sitting there with their Lego, the other group is sitting there with their Meccano, the other one with their fuzzy felt, and then, then you're trying to fit it all together and wonder why the hell it doesn't all come together because you're all coming at it from very different angles. Yeah, I mean, I think in, in large banks, where I've seen it harder is when the business and technology don't, you know, have this common objective. You know, we talk about agility and we talk about, you know, doing things faster. I've been involved in a few programs where we have, you know, uh, we've tried to drive it, you know, from within technology, and that has not worked. What is great about TSB is Mike sits in the business, you know, and, and you know, he's been able to get the technology teams together, business and technology, plus IBM teams. In IBM consulting, we have this model called Garage, where we bring the client business teams, the design teams, the technology and the operations team together uh, to, uh, you know, work on an MVP at pace. And when all these teams come together, then the magic happens. I grew up in, in watching innovation labs be built inside banks and it kind of alienating themselves from other parts of the business. Yep. Is there, a, is there a, a, a danger of that? And how do you kind of overcome that so a tribe is inclusive instead of exclusive? So a couple of ways I think about it. I mean, look, the, the makeup of the tribe itself has to be diverse, mm -hmm. absolutely diverse. You can't just have it full of business people that are there to kind of service customers the front line or the product people or technologists or architects you, you can't have that it has to be a very diverse team and not just diverse from a skill set but diverse from a personality perspective that's something i'm massively passionate about and within my team i've got diversity you pick a diversity measure and we've got it and i think that that builds for better solutions the other thing for me is we always think about the customer 
And I know this sounds a little bit cheesy. So we think about the customer. And the last thing we want to do is sit in a darkened room for six months and build something we believe customers want and then be either surprised or upset when we don't hit the mark. So one of the things we do a lot uh, in the relationship as well is to make sure that we learn fast and fail fast. So prototyping, customer experience, customer testing, massive, massive part of what we do. And, you know, for, I, I can safely say for, for every 10 things we think are going to be a great idea, we stick it in front of customers and they don't like four of them. They kind of like the shape of two of them and love three of them. And one of them, they think, what the hell are you doing? And, and that helps shape what we're doing. So we can't just design innovation. We can't just assume what the customers want in a bubble. And then the other challenge we have, particularly in the digital space, is <coughs> as much as we want to be diverse, our customers are even more diverse. So in, in, in a particular, any one day, we can have 2 million customers log on onto our mobile app. And you've probably got 2 million or one different customer types within that. So you've got to, you've got to come up with um, solutions that are, are relevant. And, and the final thing I'll add is that we've got really good at since working with IBM from the start is this strong discipline around MVP, sticking to the minimum viable proposition as we go forward, learn from it, course correct, then grow. And we've got some releases coming up in the next few weeks that are just massive examples of that, where we could spend another 6, 12, 18 months building the finite solution, but we're going in with 20% of the solution. We'll test it, we'll see how customers react, we'll react to it, then we'll do the next, then the next. Mm. But you know, we can do that now because of the relationship and the fact we can do a mobile release every every month. Uh, and more frequently if we needed to. Yeah, no, interesting. Yeah, so but, but a, a final word on you. I mean, how does how does IBM help with that so that that tribe is is inclusive instead of exclusive? So as I mentioned, our model is the garage model. Mm -hmm. And for a garage to work successfully, it is very important that we include people from various parts of the, uh, of the business. Uh, so the various parts of the operation technology, you know, the design team, they all come together. And this model of MVP, where we show and not tell, right? So there is a there are weekly meetings, right, mm. with with uh, with Mike and you know all the various people in the business, where we show them, you know, how things are progressing. Uh, so so I think that that again pulls people in when you're showing and you know you're showing the you know kind of what you can do with uh, you know with the, with the innovation, that pulls people in. And the final thing I would mention is, you know. We at IBM are a strong believer in, in diversity. You know, we, we think that, you know, bringing different people in, you know, fosters innovation, brings new ideas. For example, our TSB team is has around 46% women, which is which is very important to us, right? We, we're trying to, you know, constantly, you know, increase that because, you know, lots of new ideas coming from, uh, from, from, from different, you know, kinds of people. And just to add that show and tell bit, because that, that was really important to me, <laughs> is that in the weekly call we have where... You know, I'm the accountable exec for it, but, you know, I'm talking to people every day. But once a week, we would see the screens that have been built and the people presenting it were the people that did the coding. Yeah. So it wasn't like the coders are presenting to their team leaders, presenting to a project manager, then presenting to a program manager, then someone does a video and then plays it back to me. It was the people that actually did the coding. And then even when we went through that, you'd bring to life, I would bring to life and my team would bring to life why certain aspects of that are so important for our customers and what we want the end game to be. Um, so you connect those dots up and, and that worked brilliantly. And we still do that today. We've got a session this afternoon. We're doing exactly the same. Mm. No, I think it's really interesting. I mean, uh, not many people realize how much uh, banks have changed over the past 20, 10, 20 years on how they design things. But it's it's really interesting. Gentlemen, thank both of you for sitting down and chatting with me today. I greatly appreciate it. No problems. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Functional Banking Magic, which runs monthly out of The Banker. You can listen to this podcast on thebanker.com, Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcast fix. If you would like to be a guest on Functional Banking Magic, you can contact Liz Lumley at elizabeth.lumley at ft.com. Thank you.